Welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Mikey are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this very basement, which is full of haunted bells that toll your death date, a cursed spoon owned by the devil, that mean girl from your middle school, and a sentient Iron Maiden. I'm Roxy Polk. And I'm Mikey McCaller. Mikey, how about we start out this episode like we always do with the uh, scariest thing that happened to you this week? What went down outside of the scary basement in your real life that spooked you to your very bones? Roxy, you ever um, take a step around a corner and it's one of those swinging guillotine blades? It's like, shink, 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 shink. And you just like come like half a second away from it. And it's like, shink, 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 shink. And you're just like almost sliced in half to your death. Uh, Yeah, that happens to me like every other day, I feel like. Okay, that almost happened to me. traps in this house. (laughs) No, this house is uh, horrifying to be in. That almost happened to me financially. Oh, no. I go... Uh, That's even more terrifying than it happening to your real body. (laughs) I go to my Starbucks to write every single day. Uh And I park in the parking lot with my car. Okay, like you do. This was the day when uh, the security guard who walks the Starbucks line decided that, like, you've been here too long this time. And so I literally came out to, like, leave. I wrote for, like, four or five hours And the tow truck was pulling in. And the guy was like, oh, is this your car? And I was like, yeah, dude, this is not long for me to be here. I'm here all the time. And he's like, oh, it's one hour only. It's only one hour. Where does it say that? Does it really say that? It sounds arbitrary. So there's a bunch of signs around, but they're all at different places. And like the sign I parked under said like Starbucks customer parking only. So I was like, that's me. Yeah. That's who I am. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I was just like, okay, well, you're not towing it. And I just drove away, like, past the tow truck. (laughs) But yeah, I was half a beat away from financial ruin. Did he try to give you a ticket as well? No, he doesn't have that power. Oh, so it was just like a uh, meter made, essentially. Right. He has the power to, like, keep his thing clean, to keep his parking lot clean. Uh But he does not have the power to, like, assess civil fines. Oh, that's right. You said he was a security guard, not a police officer. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know why my brain like spaced over that part. Okay, well, I'm glad that your car was not towed and you were able to just drive it away. Damn, dude, me too. What happened to you that was anything. super scary? Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you know about this, Mikey, but uh, Final Fantasy XIV is a pretty popular game. I do know that. I've talked about how I've started playing it, but uh, they came out with a new expansion and like they're servers are so overloaded they're like hitting (laughs) records with just their hardware and everything so load times are like my the server i'm in is relatively small by comparison so some people are getting like queues whereas like 20k i'm getting a queue that's like 5k and it takes me like three hours to get into the game (laughs) so it sounds like the scary thing that's happening to you is that you're forced to confront the dark thoughts in your own mind while you're not playing a video game. I mean, I guess I'm being robbed of that time where I'm multitasking other things, I guess. (laughs) I packaged a bunch of orders and was productive and answered emails. (laughs) So the true horror is you are forced to do work. Yes. During your rest time. Yep. Yeah, that's the real horror. (laughs) The point is it's scary. (laughs) But I was also confronting the dark thoughts in my soul as well. So, you know, (laughs) multitasking that too. (laughs) <laughs> oh god here he comes demon bot demon bot Demon bot. he's a bot that is also a demon hey you know what merry christmas happy holidays demon bot that's hey. what i say to you demon bot 
I'm glad we got you in our life. I know we have our disagreements about whose soul belongs in what body, but I'm glad to have you around. I, I don't know if I quite go that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you very much, Mikey and Roxy. That was unexpected of you. I also wish you a happy holiday. However, that will not get you out of your requirement to review the 2015 film Krampus directed by Michael Doherty and starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, and David Kochner. Did you watch the film? Roxy, did you watch Krampus? I sure did. Did you watch it, Mikey? I did. Yay. <laughs> Good, then your souls are yours. For now. Before we dive into it, let's just catch anybody who... Maybe spending the holidays alone with their ear pressed up against the door of the scary basement. <laughs> a quick plot recap about what happened in the film Krampus. Let's do it. All right. It is three days before Christmas when the film opens and the Engel family is preparing for their extended family to show up. Father Tom, Mom Sarah, Grandma Omi, Son Max, and Daughter Beth. We see that Max has written a letter to Santa and his grandmother encourages him to send it while the rest of the family generally thinks he's too old to still believe in Santa and are generally... Not in a great holiday spirit. The extended family shows up, so get ready for yet another list of characters we get to introduce. We have the sister of Sarah, who is the mother of the second family, who is Linda. Uh -huh. Her husband, Howard. Their children, Howie Jr., who doesn't speak the entire film for some reason. Uh -huh. uh, daughter Stevie, Jordan, and baby Chrissy. Also, oh, there's a good bulldog in this movie called Rosie. Uh, the Engels are then surprised that curmudgeonly Aunt Dorothy has also, surprise, forced her way into the holiday get-together and is also here. Everyone is at each other's throats very quickly. Dinner is so volatile that a fight breaks out when Max's letter to Santa is stolen by his garbage cousins and read out loud to everyone. Max says he hates all of them and runs away. Later that night, Max's father tells him that being a family is about trying to understand one another and sacrificing for them even if you don't get along. He then gives Max back his Santa letter. Once his father leaves, though, Max tears up the letter in anger and throws it out the window. An ominous wind blows through the neighborhood and a blizzard engulfs the place overnight. Strange snowmen are in the yard, seemingly built by no one? <laughs> Beth leaves to check on her boyfriend, who lives a few blocks away. She's terrified to see a large horned figure on a roof who chases her throughout the neighborhood. She hides under a nearby truck, but is unfortunately killed by a strange jack-in-the-box-like creature that was left behind by the figure that was chasing her. After the family notices Beth's absence, Tom and Howard go out in a truck to track Beth down. They find the boyfriend's house in shambles, with the chimney split open and an abandoned snowplow with its windshield punched in. Tom and Howard then go back to the truck and find it flattened. They are attacked by something under the snow, and gun-toting Howard is pulled underneath. Tom is able to save Howard by picking up a gun and shooting the thing, and he then grabs Howard and helps him limp back to the house. The family boards up the windows and falls asleep. The fire in the fireplace goes out, which allows a living gingerbread man to lure Howie Jr., who <laughs> takes the bait and is dragged up the dang chimney. The rest of the family wakes up and attempts to save him, but are sadly unable to. Grandma then tells them the story of her childhood where Krampus, the demonic anti-Santa creature, <laughs> he's there to negate Santa. Uh-huh. Uh, he punishes instead of gives and killed Grandma's entire family. See, 
Grandma had lost hope after the people in her hometown and her own parents turned on each other because of the war. Krampus then left her alive as a reminder of what happens to those who lose hope. She was given a bell with Krampus's name on it. And then she shows the entire family that she still has it. Stevie and Jordan are lured upstairs by what they think is Beth's voice and are attacked. Their screams then draw Tom, Sarah, and Linda to help. Jordan is sadly eaten by a cursed jack-in-the-box <laughs> nightmare creature, and the rest of the nightmare creature toys attack the rescue party. Meanwhile, downstairs, Howard fends off murderous gingerbread men with a nail gun. <laughs> the gingerbread have the nail gingerbread men have the nail gun. Right, they've Howard. got the nail gun. <laughs> yeah. It would be this, insane if the man had a nail gun. <laughs> yeah, like what is he even doing? <laughs> After the survivors meet up, Krampus's minions grab Aunt Dorothy and baby Chrissy. Howard grabs on to the cursed jack-in-the-box in an attempt to stop them from being taken, but is instead himself taken away with the others. Tom and Sarah then decide they need to head for the snowplow to try and escape. Grandma stays behind to sacrifice herself and confront Krampus and try, try rather, to slow him down. Tom is then lost in the snow as he slows down the creature, but is eventually taken. The rest of the family makes their way to the snowplow, and both Sarah and Linda are able to get the kids inside before they too are swallowed by the snow and the creatures hiding within it. The snowplow won't start, and Stevie is dragged through the window by an evil cursed elf. Max runs after her and is confronted by Krampus, who gives him his torn-up letter and a bell just like his grandmother had. Max now knows that this is all his fault. His family died because he lost hope and wanted them to go away. He asked to take back his wish. All he really wanted was for them to be happy like they used to be. He didn't really want them to go away. He proposes a trade to sacrifice himself for his one remaining family member, Stevie, who is now actually being dangled over a gaping chasm leading to hell. <laughs> At first, it seems like Krampus considers this trade, but he's just messing with Max. Why trade when you can just take both? Both children are then thrown into hell. <laughs> Strangely, Max wakes up in his bed on Christmas morning. He goes downstairs to find everyone alive and happy. They welcome him and start to unwrap gifts together. Max is handed a box and inside finds the Krampus bell. He looks at the bell. The smiles on everyone's faces are replaced by expressions of horror as they remember what they just went through. The camera then pulls out to show that they have been encased in one of thousands of snow globes, each housing a different family who forgot the meaning of the holidays. They are doomed to be trapped by the Krampus for all eternity. That's it, folks. That's what Krampus is about. That's it. That sure is what it's all about. <laughs> Roxy, how, how did this movie hit you? Uh, so I've seen it several times, um, oh. and it is, it's a delightful movie every time. I, I enjoy it immensely. It's like very gorgeous for like what it is, like the mm. set dressing and the cinematography and like the colors, everything. It's hard to have a movie with this much snow not be gorgeous. Yeah. Snow is just beautiful to watch falling. And it's, it almost is like making your movie on easy mode, cinematography-wise. If you're like, oh, we'll just have a lot of snow around. It'll be like, yeah, it'll be the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. The thing is, though, I, I should, I guess, extrapolate because it gets very horrifying. Like, it makes it look very creepy, especially when the mm -hmm. daughter Beth is walking through and everything is kind of, like, dark and spooky. Spooky, dark, winter in the snow. It looks great because of the way that they decked out the neighborhood, but it is uh, horrifying also. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best scene. Like, I, I think I've talked about this on the show before, this idea that, like, seeing a monster, not, like, jump-scaring and being right next to you, but, like, kind of in the distance and, like, yeah. the looming threat is so much more frightening to me than having them, like, up and in your face. 
And as Beth is like walking to her boyfriend's house, which, oh my God, this movie goes out of its way to let you know this boyfriend lives four blocks away. Yep. He's <laughs> very close. So many times. He just it's lives so four funny to me. Away. He's like, oh yeah, he he's like why don't away. you just come over? I only live four blocks away. It's like, well, <laughs> yep, you do. <laughs> and then she says it again when she's like, mom, dad, just let me go out. He only lives four blocks away. <laughs> But no, how horrifying is that shot as she's like walking and sees this like beastly hoofed up horned man up on a roof. Yeah, especially because he's like making his way towards her and then like starts shadowing her across the rooftops as she's like running away. It does turn into like a 2D side scroller of a video game for a second as (laughs) Beth is like running from left to right and Krampus (laughs) is like hopping on the the roofs (laughs) along with her. (laughs) That's also when you get to see, like, the first close-up shot of his feet and stuff. So Mm -hmm. he has, like, cloven hooves. And I will say, this is where the movie, because Krampus seemingly leaves her alone and leaves, like, a jack-in-the-box behind. That, like, when it pops, she screams, and then we don't see her until the end of the movie when it gets into a dream sequency, snow globey kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think this movie, more than any movie I've seen in a long time, needed an It Follows level of rule explanation. Hmm. Like, I never understood what Krampus could or could not do. I never understood if people were dead or not. I it felt like they kept getting into this idea of, like, if they sliced open the jack-in-the-box, that the kids inside would, like, be burped up. I thought that was what they were going to do. Or, like, once they defeat yeah. the Krampus, the whole family would be back together. And so it had this weird, like, I didn't quite know what the stakes were. I couldn't tell if my family friends were dead or not. And nobody died on screen. And when they get thrown into hell at the end, they come out in the snow globe. So was everybody who was sucked up and taken by Krampus put in the snow globe and Max just ended up there at the end? A lot to consider. So I think Krampus himself, because he's like the anti-Santa is like the, I guess, most simplified way to describe him. He takes people. He takes Mm -hmm. people. Um, so it's assume assumed that he just is taking each family member. Uh, they might get super see- mangled along the way, but I needed to see these people getting taken. Then, like, I needed to see like Beth get stuffed into a Christmas sack. Because then, because I-, I kept thinking like Beth was going to show up. And oh, it was really? Like, and, okay. Yeah. By the end of it, it was just like, oh, I guess she was dead this whole time, and it, therefore, because we weren't clearly shown that she had died. Uh, we didn't feel any dramatic irony when the parents were going out to look for her, and we didn't feel the parents' loss of having lost a kid. So it was just like it kind of fell in this middle ground of, like, where I'm supposed to react to it. Okay. I'm not sure if it's just because I've seen it multiple times, but I never even had that question. I just assumed, like, Mm. yeah, monster popped up, she screams, and the truck moves like she's being devoured. <laughs> so, so yeah, well, she's gone. The fact the fact that that Jack in the Box comebacks comes back later and looks like a Dune monster. Yes. And it's like stuffed full. I was like, "Oh yeah, they're going to slice it open and Beth's inside." Like that's oh, clearly okay. what they're what they're doing here. Like this like that's what I mean. Like I don't know the stakes. I just want to know. Can I tell you the funniest thing that happened to me watching this movie though? Sure. What 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 I want to know? <laughs> okay, first of all, I have a pitch. First of all, I have a pitch of what I I would have done with this movie. Okay. I would I would not reveal this until about halfway through the movie. About when the uh, grandma, who they call Omi throughout the movie, mm-hmm. the sweetest, like one of the most beautiful characters in film. She's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> at the point when she tells the mythos of Krampus, mm-hmm. instead 
of her revealing how Krampus works, I would have this movie have all along been set in a universe where everybody knows about Krampus. And okay. Max has been designated like Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games. He has been offered up his emotional tribute where it's his job to maintain a Christmas spirit. And then the, the, the midpoint twist is that he's like, well, yeah, I got so mad about the shitty cousins coming over. I ripped up my Santa letter and they're like, you idiot. You did this to us. And they grab him and they shake him because then they all know that it's his fault that Christmas is ruined. And the reason I want to do this okay, is because the whole movie, I kept seeing Max just hanging out. And I wanted the grandma to say to him, you did a Krampus. <laughs> you did. <crap. laughs> he's just like he wants beer. He's like, you did a Krampus. Okay, so I'm watching this movie and I'm saying it out loud to myself uh-huh. <laughs> throughout the every time. You are the Ami one telling Max you him. did a Krampus. <laughs> every time she looked at him, I was like, you did a Krampus. And then the first time she says it, she says it exactly the way I was saying it. She's like, this is the myth of the Krampus. And I was like, no, that's no, I was, that's the accent I was doing. <laughs> What a joy that was. Well, I'd say while that could be fun, it might undermine the kind of (laughs) theming, I guess, about how, like, (laughs) everybody's contributing to Max's being unhappy. Like, he's doing as much as he can, and it's kind of like a collective family effort where, like, if you don't appreciate them while they're they're here, Krampus is going to get you. Well, okay, so let's get into a little bit about, like, what you think this movie is saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's a lot of, um, I, I guess this is us getting into the big idea of the movie, but it does feel like there's a certain amount of toxic positivity going on, mm. maybe, uh, maybe unintentionally, but this idea that like, you have to have Christmas spirit or you will be slaughtered by a goat being <laughs> when I'm watching this movie and I'm like, dude, Max is totally right to be pissed that his Christmas is like that. These people are not fun. Yeah. They're ruining him. And they don't really go through any changes. I mean, they, they do. That that family doesn't. Like, our family changes to adapt to them. The bad to family agree. doesn't change to adapt to us. You know what I mean? Like, it does feel a little bit like the movie is saying, like, these people were in the right, and it was Max's fault for not being Christmassy enough. When I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't think I think Max is allowed to feel how he feels. Yeah, no, I I completely agree too. He just needs to not write it down and send it to Santa. <laughs> the that problem. was that that's, was his problem. That's where he fucked up. Um, also, can we talk about this real quick? <laughs> yeah, Max one hundred percent has confused Santa Claus for God. He mm. wrote a letter to God <laughs> and addressed it to Santa Claus because he's just like. I just hope things can get better. And all I want is for, like, my Uncle Howard and Aunt Linda not to be so upset all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, wants his parents to fall in love again. God handles that. Hang out with his Santa handles Nintendo 64. (laughs) Yeah. Clear delineation. And maybe that's why his letter is chosen, because he puts too much on Santa slash Krampus. His belief Absolutely. is stronger because it's his god. <laughs> Santa was like, you are trying way too hard, buddy. I'm going to send a Krampus after you. <laughs> but I think that idea of toxic positivity, I think that's definitely like two sides of that coin about like appreciating your family. Because I think it definitely shows that that is there while also trying to tell you like, 
you have to appreciate your family while they're here because it, it'll be too late if you wait mm-hmm. wait for everybody to be killed by Krampus, basically. Yeah. And it's not just on him. It's not saying, like, Max is the cause of it. It's kind of saying, like, everybody contributed to that. Like, everybody collectively was not kind of being giving in kind towards one another. And so that's what contributed to this. Like, Max is the catalyst, but he is not the reason, I guess, if that makes sense. Max sure feels like the reason to me. He's the only one who, like, does anything. And, like, the the setup that both the animated Ami tale and Max at the very beginning is that he, like, he makes the wish. But it's only because his family is, like, being horrible to each other that he does it. Like, he's... Well, that's got, what I mean. Like, he set it in motion by doing that. Like, they were all yeah, doing that's why bad. He's the ca- that's why he's the catalyst. And yes. so it's like, he's getting punished for it? Like, I, I think that's a very reasonable stance to take. That Kr- I think Krampus is unreasonable, personally. Oh, yeah. No, he totally is. I mean, <laughs> especially because... Krampus has taken this too far. I mean, he, he enjoys taking it too far, though. Because you see in that scene when Max is like, I'm sorry, take me instead. Like, don't take uh-huh. Stevie. And he's, like, crying. And Krampus, like, reaches a clawed finger and wipes away his tear. And it seems like, <laughs> oh, may- maybe he will honor his bet or, like, his proposal. And then yeah. he just laughs at him. And then they throw Stevie <laughs> into the hell pit. And then they pick him up and throw him in, too. And then throw him also. Yeah, because Krampus doesn't need to make deals with you. You already threw your lot in with him. He can do whatever he wants now, I guess. Hey, here's a question. Do you think Max is stoked at the end of this movie? I don't think he so. He kind of gets what he wants. <laughs> he does, but it's like at the cost of them being trapped forever. And like, we don't know if it just repeats that day over and over or if they're trapped mm. there. Could be like, a Groundhog's Day. You're exactly yeah, right. It could be Groundhog's Day or it could just be <laughs> the trapped be, there forever. Listen, yeah. we, don't, we don't necessarily know the rules of the snow globe. It could be a Nightmare on Elm Street rules. <laughs> you could go to sleep and Freddy Krueger can get you there. Like, Yeah. It's, it's all up in the air in the snow globe. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he is saying, like, all I want is my family to go back to normal. And at the end, he gets it. And everybody's just, like, quiet about it. Like, I, I think if there had been, like, hints that they all had, like, a plan to explore the world. Like if Beth was about to go to college, if his older sister was about to go to college and she's like, I'm so excited to get out of this dead end town. Mm-hmm. I'm, I hate being stuck in this house. <laughs> no, you're stuck there forever. <laughs> and she gets stuck in the house forever. Like that would be sad. But the way this movie plays that it, it's like all this kid wants is Christmas. And that's the only thing we really understand. Well, I and think all, all he wants is for like things to be good with his aunt and uncle and for his dad and mom to like each other again. And he gets exactly what he wants. Uh, it's like a monkey's paw situation, though, because he he gets it, but at a cost, and now everybody is paying for it. Yeah, I guess. I suppose. I guess that that's, also- the, that's the other thing. Then, like the the reason it's like a hang up for me is like we don't ever see the cost of it. They give this like creepy look when they all realize it, but we never really see like. Well, like they only their whole reality now is just that house, and they're stuck in a yeah. snow globe. And then we see that Krampus has been doing this to many people for. Like, but I don't you know. I, here, th- this is an interesting thing. You okay. tell me if you agree with this or not. Right. I would say being stuck in the house with a family that you have now at this point grown to love is not the worst fate in the world. Uh, it's not, but it's kind of like <laughs> it's a quarantine situation where you can't leave. You can't do anything else. The outside world does no That's longer. True. We did go through this. Yeah. <laughs> just recently. But like it's to an even more magnified extent because for them it's like it's not that they can't go out into the real world, but it's right there. Um, it's that it literally no longer exists for them. Their entire reality mm-hmm. is just that house. Maybe the yard. 
we don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, where are the where are the boundaries? Yeah, are they like it, wearing like those dog collars that like give you a little shock or spray like spicy orange mist in your face if you go past a certain point? Yeah, you know what so I'm like about? yeah, so Can't maybe those, to, those are mean to dogs. Yeah, they're mean to dogs, and you shouldn't put them on humans either. It seems like not a good thing. I've been saying that about Krampus for years. The worst thing he does is put <laughs> orange collars on humans. <laughs> He's a menace. <laughs> what else do I have to say about Krampus? Anything else fun going on? Yeah, I just feel like Krampus is that uh, is the creatures, the the inanimate objects. What do you mm. think of that doll in particular? Because I know you do not, or you do, you like both like and dislike uh, terrifying dolls. I love a terrifying doll. I yeah. thought the doll was cool. I thought the teddy bear was too much, and the gingerbread men were too much. They were just like <laughs> too goofy. Like, well, all right, what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> Krampus is scary. It was more. It was not enough Krampus and too many minions, too many toy-based minions. I think the deal was to keep him more like enigmatic and more threatening because those, like, all of his minions are kind of like rascally and like they're they're horrible and they will kill you. But they're like mm-hmm. laughing about it and they look really goofy uh, slash scary. So then when Krampus comes, it's like, oh, okay, now shit's actually serious. He he's actually gonna yeah. come and kill everybody now. <laughs> I get that. I think just gingerbread he's, he's, men. Then. He's the big. Bo- he's the big boss, and they're the mid boss. Yeah, I got. Uh, I'm like talking myself out of liking this movie. I want to be very clear. <laughs> I love this movie. I had a great time with it. <laughs> but like the emotional beat of what we thought was a nice toy is actually scary happened like four times. Like with the teddy bear and with the like with they the gingerbread. They don't linger man. on them though. It's kind of like they they all pop out at once. So there's like. A killer angel doll, a killer teddy bear, a uh, killer robot, and then there's that giant jack-in-the-box uh, I guess, creature. okay, so the jack-in-the-box is great in, like, a heightening sense, like, yes, because it becomes it, like, so much bigger. Yes, it, like, and then all of the other minions, like, come out to, like, back it up, essentially. Yeah, the other minions didn't work for me. I want one minion, I could use, like, one beat of a gingerbread man, but then I want to see Krampus, or I want to see, like, new iterations of that idea. Well, they have, like, his elves who are, like, the... Yeah, the elves are cool. Okay, yeah, no, I'm talking myself back into it. I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The the elves are great in that they had giant people faces, which, as you know about me and giant things, I'm afraid of giant human people. Yeah, it's like just off. It's it's uncanny enough to freak you out. Haunting. And also, uh, when they take the ant away, it makes a very funny comical sound effect that I didn't remember. (laughs) When she's yoinked out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Like, pew. Yeah, this, <laughs> so, it does have like a lot of like Looney Tunes moments. Yeah, to it. the kid getting like, like the fucking, baited they down send the chimney, the dog up into the vents <laughs> yeah. to go fight the Jack in the Box. Like, yeah, we ne- <laughs> we didn't put that in the summary because there was like just so much happening. But they send Rosie the dog into the vents to fight the Jack yeah. in the Boxes, taking one it of the girls, falls out of the ceiling like a wily e. coyote. And then we don't even <laughs> see crashes. what happened to the dog. We just assume that the dog got ate. I guess, but they yeah. don't show you on screen. Yeah. God bless it. So, Mikey, do you have a question for me? Boy, do I. Roxy, I would say that Krampus is delivering some pretty crummy Christmas presents. If he even delivers them at all. What is the worst Christmas present you've ever gotten? Um, so I think the worst one is probably from, like, my extended family who, like, doesn't know you, but, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like your aunt or uncle and they feel obligated to uh, Mm -hmm. send you a thing. 
I'm not going to name names, not like any of them are listening to this anyway, but just in case I'm covering my bases. I'm going to name, I'm going to fucking name names. It's Uncle okay, Kevin. Hey, hey, you can, you can name your Uncle Kevin. That's fine. <laughs> no, your I, Uncle Kevin. Oh, yeah. It was, I can believe it all of my Uncle Kevin then. Okay. Um, so I was like 14. I'm kind of like a tomboy. I play volleyball. I'm into video games and like anime. And I'm in that mm-hmm. like peak moody phase where I'm like, mm. nobody gets me. All the adults fucking suck. And I get a set of porcelain baby dolls from my extended family that are just like, they look like something from an antique shop, but like cheaper. It it looks like it costs like maybe 10 bucks, Uh um, which is like not the problem. Like I I wouldn't have wanted them to spend a lot of money on this thing that I hated, but it was also just like, it just set the bar for like how much they did not care. (laughs) It was like, oh, she's a girl. Here's a girl present. Here you go. Right. Were they cute? Were they no. like nicely painted? No, they're kind of creepy looking. They're the ones that like if you roll them or like move them, their eyes open and close. What the fuck? So they're very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and like just That's their heads. Scariest are, shit I ever heard. Yeah, just like their heads and their like hands were porcelain. Maybe their feet were. I can't remember. But then like the rest of it is like cloth body. Roxy. Mikey. I don't mean to scare you, but the eye opening baby dolls that you got from your uncle Kevin. They're right behind you. God damn it. I thought I threw them in the fireplace. You did. <laughs> like They're back. Chucky. God damn it. <laughs> well, that's awful. Uh, you want to hear about my bad Christmas present? I really do. What'd you get? I honestly can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast yet, but here we go. Uh, it is the worst present I've ever gotten because it was the year that the Xbox 360 came out. Okay. Um, maybe even a year or two after. So it wasn't like, right, you know, it had a price cut. It was uh-huh. kind of cheap. I, I, I. Did this thing with my mom where I was just like, hey, every year for Christmas, I want just one thing. Like, I don't need a lot of little gifts. Like, this Christmas is the one time when I can upgrade to the new video game system. Okay. So yeah, that's literally fair. all I want. Don't even get me a game. No extra controllers. No nothing. All I want is an Xbox 360. All I want. Just give me that and I'll be set. And for uh, Christmas, uh-oh. I got an iPod. What? I thought it was going to be like, like original Xbox or something, but yeah. it's not even close. It's not even the ballpark. I was like, well, okay, but why didn't you get me an Xbox? And she was like, well, it was just too expensive and I couldn't do it. And then like I Googled the prices. It was more expensive by like $10 to get this iPod that she got me instead of the Xbox. Did she just keep like, the receipt? Could you like return it? So you I could- don't know. Oh, okay. I was just like, okay, but – and my mom – is a fucked up person and she would do this a lot she would do this thing where like mm. uh i remember the christmas i really wanted an n64 i opened up all the presents under the tree and didn't get it and i was just like really bummed out and then my sister opened her very last present and it was a second n64 controller and i was like oh, does that mean we're gonna get it and then she was like oh surprise found one more present and, and like gave it to me so when okay. i opened this ipod i was like okay this is cool Where's the Xbox 360? And she, like, started to cry and got mad at me. She was like, I guess mom fucked up Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so I was just like, no, I like it. Don't be mad. <laughs> yeah, my mom's a nightmare person. Uh, well, she did get you a Nintendo 64, I guess. So Yeah, that was it. That was the one she aced and <laughs> dropped the ball on the Xbox 360. And I'm still waiting for my Xbox Series X from her. Well, you just should. Just uh... I don't talk to her. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to her anymore. You should send a letter to Krampus. I mean, Santa. Dude, I'm going to summon a Krampus with how much I don't want to go back to Christmas. Your iPod anger. My Christmas spirit is broken. (laughs) (laughs) Still only getting that iPod. 
God, I'm furious about it. Well, Mikey, I'm not sending you an iPod or an Xbox, but I will be sending you something this year, so. <gasps> Roxy, Yay. you just staved off uh, Krampus <laughs> Christmas <laughs> for the spirit. both of us. Holy spirit. Yay, good. <laughs> Thank I don't, Christ. Mikey, I love you, but I don't want to be trapped in a sl- single snow globe house with you for all eternity. We're, See, we're already doing that right the- now in the basement. This is the only beat I needed in this movie. <laughs> I, I needed one character to look Max in the eye and say, I love you, but I do not want to be trapped with you forever. <laughs> every movie, every single movie from Die Hard to uh, the Magnificent Ambersons should open up with a character deciding and stating for the audience whether or not they would like to be trapped in a single room for all eternity. Yeah, like, do, do you like being trapped in a room? And then do you like being trapped in a room with these people specifically? Yeah. And Most do you like being no. trapped in a room with these people specifically for eternity? You gotta specify. Almost everybody will say parts. no, but it'll be important that every movie. Because <laughs> there will be that one person who says yes, and then you're like, oh, okay, that's your deal. Okay, I. I thought it was sure. really cool in the first Ant-Man when Michael Douglas went up to Paul Rudd and was just like, eh, would you be interested in being trapped in a room with me for eternity? And Paul Rudd says, uh, no, let me try on that Ant-Man suit. And then he does an Ant-Man. He does an Ant-Man. I've actually never seen that movie, so that's uh, that's my headcan for that. Yeah, sorry to, sorry to spoil it for you. <laughs> How can you spoil Ant-Man for me like this, Mikey? It's like you don't even care about me at all. I'll tell you the other thing that happens in Ant-Man, that man gets small. Oh, oh. well, now you're telling me the entire movie. Great. Now smaller, I know the entire Smaller movie. than you'd think. <laughs> Is he microscopic? Mm, not that small. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down, Roxy. <laughs> My imagination is too powerful for Ant-Man. <laughs> All right, Roxy. On a scale from one to nine, since we know that ten doesn't exist in the scary basement, how likely do you think the events of the film Krampus are to happen? Um, so I said, being fed up with your extended family you don't get along with on a holiday, nine out of nine, that's going to happen. But uh-huh. a Krampus being real, zero out of nine, because no one li- listens to kids' wish lists, which you have just demonstrated <laughs> with your memory. Uh, so I guess that would average out to a five out of nine, maybe? See, I went lower. Okay. I went two, because there's always the possibility, like, we don't understand how myths and legends work. But if there was a Krampus, we would have heard about it by now because nobody has Christmas spirit anymore. Yeah. Jeff Bezos I mean, would have sent a Krampus on the entire United States alone. Like, he, he, is the he least has Christmas spirit of any man. <laughs> Which, strangely, he could uh, create that Christmas spirit very easily for people and it still wouldn't even affect his bottom line. So, uh, we need true, to show Jeff Bezos the film Krampus. <laughs> yes. He needs to get got by Krampus. Can we can we collectively summon Krampus to get Jeff Bezos so that he I just, <laughs> realizes? I just pictured Jeff Bezos like in his personal auditorium where he watches movies, and then like the credits <laughs> roll and Krampus and the lights come up, and he's just weeping. <laughs> like, I would have done that to the world. <laughs> um. So we made a bet last week, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Which was, uh, how many times did someone say the word Mary in this movie? Uh, you said four. I said mm-hmm. eight. The answer was... Eleven. Eleven. According to the PDF of the script that I found and did a control F on, <laughs> eleven times. And it does sound like, uh, once I was reading it, like, I remembered thinking they didn't say it at all. But 
there is a lot like in the opening scene when everybody's coming in. Uh-huh, they're just like doing a lot it. of like, oh, hey, good to see you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I brought the dog. I hope that's okay. They're doing a lot of that. Yeah. Um, the aunt, I recall specifically, comes in and says, um, like, like, where's the eggnog? I need to get Mary. Yes. And yeah, that's right. That's the only one that I really remembered. I was like, I think they only actually say it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes up way more than I remembered. And they, there's a couple of scenes where, like, four characters at once are saying, like, oh, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. There's, like, a guy who's, like, doing a delivery. And he oh, says, hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, good to see you. So, yeah, it, it, it is said a lot. So, Roxy, you crushed it. You I fucking so. aced it. Yeah, still three away. <laughs> So one of these days, one of us will get it exactly on the number. <laughs> That's going to be huge. Does that count for double points if we do no, that? No, that means we can destroy the demon bot once and for all. Oh, shit. Okay. We need to try harder at this. <laughs> here's the thing with the bets, Roxy. Here's the uh, here's the rules I just learned. Okay. Every time we get a bet exactly right, we get one round of ammunition that can be loaded into a standard human gun that can pierce the demon bot's dark metal heart. Okay, so it's like special demon bot killing bullets. Mm-hmm. All so right. we can still miss. <laughs> yes, yeah, you have to be able to aim correctly, which... Uh... We have to really, like, do our breathing exercises and take <laughs> aim. And I don't think I we've mean, gotten any yet. Well, I've been to a shooting range before and have relatively good hand-eye coordination. What about... You've got good hand-eye coordination too, Mikey, because you also, like, draw... Stuff, what what so. are you, Roxy? Uh, a member of uh, Howard's family with how much you're shooting guns? <laughs> I went to one exactly one time just because I wanted to see if I could hit a target because I thought the seeing how accurate I could be would be fun. But anything other than doing that in a driving range? No, thank you. Never. <laughs> I, too, have been to a shooting range before, and it was in <laughs> about 2002. Okay. And I remember this well because <laughs> we were with my friend's dad, and he brought along he a, a little- Howard? Your friend's dad, uh, Howard? No, he's he's not, but he, uh, Howard tendencies. Okay. He brought along a printed out like eight by eleven that had uh, Osama bin Laden's face oh my with, like, a target on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we were shooting at. Uh, which okay. is what you which that's what you did in two thousand two, right? You shot at Osama bin Laden. You uh, had bad opinions on the Iraq War. <laughs> this is what we were all doing. <laughs> Don't be mad uh, I, at me. I don't know if you want to condemn all generally. <laughs> Some of us were children and didn't know. Watch me. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, here he comes. Oh, it's the demon bot. Does he have a little Santa hat? Do you see <gasps> that? He's festive. How cute. I think he might have been uh, convinced by our holiday wishes earlier. Hey, demon bot, I got you a Christmas present. Really? You shouldn't have Mikey. You did, Mikey? Wait, you didn't even get me one, but you got Demon Bot one? Okay, whatever. What is it? What do you get him? <laughs> Demon Bot, I got you a can of oil. Can he drink that? I, I don't mean, know. It's like a robot thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's <laughs> been pretty squeaky the past couple weeks. It's thoughtful of you to notice, Mikey. I'm I sure hope he- it doesn't offend you, Demon Bot. Oh, thank you very much, Mikey. I always need fresh oil. <laughs> Hey, he probably can't get that down here, or if he can, it's like cursed or something, right? So might not work. Well, it's just uh, the Amazon guy always leaves it too far outside the gate, <laughs> so he can't. He can only come to the scary basement. Uh, the, can go up the stairs. He can't come out, so he's stuck. Oh, okay. So you're just delivering his package. Okay. 
See, I, I thought you had this whole thing planned. <laughs> also, I, yeah, I didn't pay for this. <laughs> well, then, if this had been an actual gift, I might have granted you your freedom. But since it is not, you'll never know. Instead, you will have to review the 1968 film Rosemary's Baby, directed by Roman Polanski and starring Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, and Ruth Gordon. If not, your souls will be forfeit and I shall claim your bodies as my own. All right, so Rosemary's Baby, we can watch that film for next time, huh? Yeah, I've actually never seen this one before, so this is going to be a thrilling ride. A rare situation where I have seen a movie that you haven't. Yeah. This is a movie I've seen, like, a lot. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've watched it a couple times. (laughs) There are, like, four movies in my entire life I've seen more than once, and this is one of them, so. Oh. Buckle up. Roxy, let's make a bet about Rosemary's Baby. Um not to okay. spoil anything, this does have a strong Satan undertone. Yeah, I have, like, <laughs> cultural cool. osmosis to know, like, basically the entire plot to this <laughs> without even oh, okay. trying. So I, I do know there is some Satan, Satanism, Satan involved. Roxy, how many times do you think the word Satan will be uttered in Rosemary's Baby? Um, I'd say ten times, probably. I'm assuming there's going to be, like, a group of people, maybe, if there's mm-hmm. Satan worshipping going on. This movie is full of, like, what I call Simpson scenes, where there are scenes Mm. that you've seen parodied before without having seen the movie. So there's tons of moments in this movie that I'm like, oh, this came from this movie. And the scene you're describing is very much like a deeply parodied scene. I will say eight instances of Satan will be uttered in Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Great. It's locked. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. The person who gets closest to the number of times the word Satan is used in the film shall be declared the winner. The winner will get to accompany me to Adrian's birthday party this year. As a demon, he is a close friend of mine, you know. All right. So, Mikey, how about we uh, end the episode talking about what's making us happy this week? What, What has made you happy this week, Mikey? Well, it actually came up because I was watching Krampus just now, and of course, this will date it if anybody uh, is an NFL fan, but when the Howard family comes over, one of the things they mention is that the kids are disappointed because the Steelers lost, and Mm. Roxy, something really joyful that happened just this Thursday night, the Steelers lost to the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say they won, but hey, your team won, so there you My go. My team won, yeah. Uh, I'm in this weird place with the Minnesota Vikings, which is kind of a bizarre place in that I think the entire coaching staff is going to get fired. Oh. And I like that. Like, I'm ready for a new start. Oh. I don't think the team is good enough to win with oh. this coaching staff. Okay. So it's like, and I, I personally love the coach a lot, so I'm in this weird place where, like, I'm deeply resolved. I'm, like, sad about it, but, like, Glad it happened. Glad we were the team we were for a long time. Okay. Mike Zimmer, the current head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, will probably move on. I'm going to follow his career. I love that man so, so much. I think he's very funny and good at his job. But it's just time for a parting of the ways. And I don't know. I just feel, like, really impressed with myself for how, like, well I'm taking it. I'm both sad and happy. Well, I think because you get to end on a win as well. So it's got to feel like... Well, there's still a couple more games. Okay. But it's just like... It's it's a situation where, like, the, the team wins just enough to, like, be mediocre. So, okay. like, they probably can't win a Super Bowl, but they aren't so bad that it's, like, obvious you need to start over. Okay. But now it kind of feels like we're all ready to start over. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess you 
being in that sort of holding pattern is not where you want to be either, even mm-hmm. though you're not like failing technically. Stagnating is also like almost right. as bad as failing. <laughs> yeah. It's like when uh, a relative has been on life support for um, six years now. Uh, <laughs> and you're just like, all right, we're ready to move on. Roxy, what's making you happy? So I get to hang out with my cat for the first time in <gasps> like a really long time. And I'm very you excited. Love your cat. I do. He's very cute. Um, but I, I was moving around so much that he lives with my parents now and they spoil him so much. So I almost feel like I would be doing him a disservice if I took him. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's pampered. He gets to go outside. It's much better weather. Uh, it's great, but he, he's, he's very friendly and is basically kind of more like, has a dog-like personality where he like wants to be with you all the time. He follows people around. You could pick him up and hold him and carry him around for like ever. And he'd be happy with that. Mm. (laughs) He's not one of those squirmy cats. It sounds like we are both going through the same thing. You are resolved with the idea that your cat is better off somewhere else. Yes. Yep. I guess that's how I feel about Mike Zimmer, head coach (laughs) of the Minnesota Vikings. Coming full circle. Who knew we were dealing with the same emotional (laughs) stakes this week, Mikey? I would have. I, I did. Well, of course you did. Why would I, <laughs> You're why I, I you know what I think is going to happen today when we record the podcast? We're going to have the same <laughs> emotional tenor. Hey, it, it's it's uh, the holiday spirit, Mikey. This is our holiday episode. I think that's a pretty good episode for us to be in hey, sync, right? Roxy? Mikey? It is our holiday episode, so I, I did get you a little something. Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. What is it? Open it. Open it up. Okay, here. All right. Oh, you... you it's oil. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it's a can I of mean, oil. Th- thanks. You got me and Demonbot the same thing. I see Demonbot looking at me over here and looking at his invoice for his Amazon package, and I think maybe it's from the same box. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, it's the thought that counts, Mikey, so thank you for this <laughs> oil can. I no will treasure it problem. forever. You better. Damn it, Mikey, did you steal another one of my packages? I know it's last minute, but there are literally thousands of perfectly good gifts you can give from the scary basement. Yes, they're all cursed, but that just makes them more festive. Uh, Roxy, each week the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door to keep us from escaping, but each week we still escape. This week I actually loaded up my backpack because it, it, it was just Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, or, or rather, it's about to be Christmas. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I opened up all my gifts early. And what I got for Christmas were a bunch of weapons to kill guardsmen of the basement. So That's I've perfect. actually got That's so awful. many options right now that I thought maybe it would be best to just take a peek at what's out there before I choose what I want to use. So are you ready to follow me up here? Yeah, it seems like the best tactical move today. Oh, Roxy, uh-huh. it's a bear. Just like a normal bear? Or Just a like, normal bear. Is the face isn't going to open up? or No, I don't think so. Just like, I actually don't need to use any of the tools. We can just trick the bear into thinking we're asleep. So just lie down. If he thinks we're dead, he's going to leave us alone. Okay, but that, how long do we have to do this for? Just lie down. Uh, okay. Is he gone yet? Mikey. Oh my God, he just fell asleep. <laughs> Mamma mia. Well, I can't leave him down here by himself. Something else is going to eat him if the bear doesn't. Spaghetti. What's he dreaming about? <laughs> Ravioli. Pasta dream. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, well, Mikey, it's not exactly sugar plums, but uh, have a nice dream of pasta, and I will drag you upstairs once the bear has gone. <laughs> Happy holidays to everybody if you <laughs> celebrate. Thank you for listening to us for this year. We appreciate you. And I'm sure Mikey does in his dreams. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs>